0: Hi, and welcome to Forest of the Future, the podcast series where we look into how innovation in FSC can help save our forests. We all know that forests play a key role in combating climate change and the biodiversity crisis that we're facing. In this series, we explore how innovation, especially within tech tools, but also more broadly can help us protect our forests and support the mission of FSC, which is to ensure responsible management of our forests worldwide. In this episode, we will talk to Pina Diarasi, the FSC Climate Director. I asked Pina to join us because I wanted us to talk about something that we all know is important, climate change and how we tackle it in time. More specifically, we will be talking about what FSC is doing to make relevant tools available for our stakeholders. And we will be talking about how collaborating with other projects such as the gold standard is the only way forward. Now you may wonder what the gold standard is, I know I did, but don't worry, Pina will get us all up to speed. I started out by asking Pina to introduce what an everyday task looked like for her, because how do you start tackling a complex issue like climate change for a living? Let's start off by hearing what the climate program actually is. Hi Loa, good afternoon. This
1: program is new in FSC, and the main objective is to position the tools we have uh, in the global climate agenda.
0: Mm, What are we actually doing on a very specific level? Like, what are your focus areas now and in the coming years?
1: Understanding the global climate agenda and the key strategic topics that are being discussed, not only by the governments, but also by the corporate sector. Uh, For example, within the European Union Green Recovery Strategy, uh, we see three areas, three strategic areas of work that are relevant to our mission as FSC and where we can actually deliver uh, the uh, the current tools that we already offer but also potentially deploy new solutions together with our partners. These three areas are, one, connected to uh, the UN decade for restoration. As you know, in 2020, we are entering uh, the United Nations decade for restoration. And this implies quite huge commitments at different levels, from governments, companies, impact investors, the financial sector, to invest on restoring degraded forests. Uh, So, we are offering already a tool uh, to demonstrate how FSE can contribute to restore and conserve ecosystem services. And now we are discussing with partners such as NEPCON the possibility to create a restoration global platform that can merge the standards uh, that we have as FSE, our principles and criteria, our impact verification on ecosystem services, and our market claims, to a new protocol for certifying restoration projects. So that's one of the topics that we will certainly work in the coming months. The second one, uh, it's about climate change mitigation and adaptation. And in that area is where we position the tools we already have, such as the ecosystem services procedure, But we need to understand how we can better contribute to uh, be able to deliver carbon impacts at uh, different levels, not only at the forest management unit level, but also connecting that to the supply chain and to companies that have committed to use, distribute, and sell FSC certified products. Mm -hmm. And the third topic that I think is quite important uh, is the global corporate trend on reporting verified impacts. Nowadays, it's not enough to demonstrate how good you are, but you have to demonstrate that through impacts. Uh, results are not the same as impacts. And we have created impacts over 25 years of our in our existence as FSC, but uh, we're just only starting to demonstrate those impacts uh, in terms of indicators. And I think this is quite valued at the moment. We we can see that value in the amount of companies reporting to corporate platforms, such as the uh, Global Reporting Initiative or the Carbon Disclosure Project. And there is a huge need of companies to use tools and methodologies that can support their impact reporting. Also, FSC has a role to play to be able to demonstrate these positive impacts, but also to reduce the risks of climate change in forest-related projects. And we can see that in the impact investment world. The Green Bond Principles is is one of the most important platforms for sustainable investment in the world. Uh, They have developed a template For their investors to report on positive social and environmental impacts of their investments. And this platform of investors have identified FSC standards as the top standard that they use to be able to demonstrate social and environmental impacts of their investments. So I think this is a very, very important uh, step forward for us and the financial sector is already considering FSE standards in connection to their ESG indicators, environmental, social, and governance indicators, that are now becoming a way to work by different financial players, not only uh, regarding sustainability, but also in the traditional financial sector. Different banks, the biggest banks around the world, and financial institutions are committed to these ESG indicators, where sustainability, And social, uh, of course, play a quite important role.
0: These three trends actually makes me think that all of them will actually help push for more FSC certified area. I mean, not necessarily as managed forests, but as other types of forests also being certified to FSC. Am I correct in jumping to that conclusion?
1: You are completely right, Loa, because in the first two years of implementation of the ecosystem services procedure, in particular in in Latin America, but also in Europe, FSC certified area has grown with the motivation of implementing the ecosystem services procedure in conservation projects that have no, let's say, timber or non-timber forest product supply chain connected to that. I mean, this is the case of, for example, Concha y Toro, which is one of the biggest wineries in the world. Uh, And this company basically was inspired to become FSC certified because they wanted to demonstrate that their wineries that coexist with endemic tree species in the south of Chile are actually delivering positive impacts on carbon and biodiversity. So we see this trend and we are very happy that our system is becoming also more relevant and used by different players and that we can also increase our impact in conservation areas and potentially in protected areas, uh, private conservation areas, restoration projects that will add more certified area, but most importantly, social and environmental benefits connected to that.
0: Very interesting. Um, so this second area you talked about, where you talked about restoration and looking into a restoration, I think you called it a standard with uh, NEPCON. Would, would this work then result in more area being certified to FSC, but not necessarily as production forest?
1: You're right, because... As you imagine, if we talk about, let's say, uh, deforested or degraded uh, forest in the tropics, uh, in the Amazon, right? only when the forest has been restored and is able to produce a commodity, let's say a tree that can, for example, deliver timber in 20, 30 or 40 years time, this area will be sustainable. So it does not make sense to certify it with FSC when we cannot demonstrate sustainability right from the beginning. But we can think that using our standards, these projects can actually deliver Mm step-by-step positive impacts on how they're managing that forest to become sustainable in that period of time. So, you know, thinking about key a- approaches such as continuous improvement and also discussing how we can actually communicate these positive efforts on restoration to the markets uh, is something that uh, we are now discussing with NEPCON and with other key partners uh, and will be part of our work uh, next year.
0: I'm going to throw you in a bit at the deep end here, Pina, or at least that's what it is for me, uh, because what is FSC's role in helping save climate change? Can we help save climate change? Yes.
1: Well, I want to start saying maybe it's important, uh, even for us, it, it may be quite clear and obvious uh, that forests have a hugely important role in capturing CO2 emissions and contributing to climate change mitigation and adaptation. And I believe In the 25 years that we have as a certification standard with the highest uh, standard for forest management in the world, we have contributed to reducing the risks of of forest fires, reducing the the risks of flooding, for example, and also contributing to social positive benefits. So in this sense, climate is just not about carbon and ecosystem services, it's also about people. And and I understand that our contribution to good forest management and providing benefits to people is one of the key topics that we can use to demonstrate how we can impact the world and the climate agenda. If we go further on that, and of course, forests are a sink of CO2. And we have demonstrated through different means that FSC-certified forests capture and store CO2. In that sense, now we have a way to demonstrate that with data, and that's inserted in the ecosystem services procedure. As I mentioned before, one of the ecosystem services that we can verify our impact on, it's on carbon stocks and carbon storage. So now we have very specific way uh, with also proofed methodology to demonstrate that. As well, if we see how FSC has contributed to avoid deforestation in the world, I think it's quite obvious when we satellite images, for example, in, in Petén in Guatemala, where we see that the only areas that remain undeforested are the ones that are FSC certified. And this is a, a very big area in El Petén that is managed by indigenous communities and local communities.
0: Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is that we can actually through satellite images, monitor from the sky whether a forest area is deforestrated or have illegal logging or not, and that can help us verify our impact on deforestation on a global scale.
1: Yes, that's true, but also, and going further, for example, into carbon calculation, carbon accounting, there are methodologies uh, with satellite imaging as well that can actually demonstrate or try to account Uh, what carbon pools are remaining.
0: And what does that help us and help our stakeholders that we can start monitoring our impact on carbon from the sky through satellite images? Well, as you know,
1: nowadays there is a huge interest by companies on reporting their climate impacts. Currently, uh, the 500 Fortune companies in the world are actually... Uh, reporting their climate impacts, for example, through the carbon disclosure project or the global reporting initiative. So the companies are quite interested on understanding what will be the best accounting methodologies and methods. Starting with the ecosystem services procedure, where we have developed a methodology to account for carbon stocks. Mm -hmm. This is a big step forward. As through that, the forest owners and forest managers that are FSC certified can be able to demonstrate how many tons of carbon they are sequestering or maintaining and or restoring uh, in their FSC certified areas. If we think that we can connect that forest claims to claims that can be also uh, done at the supply chain level, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that can potentially become a final declaration uh, or a final accounting of lower carbon emissions that that are coming from an FSC-certified forest than the ones that are coming from a non-FSC-certified forest. And in particular, those forests that remain at the risk of deforestation and forest degradation.
0: That's hugely interesting. Is that something that we're working on, making a reality?
1: Sure. This year, we joined uh, some initiatives that are quite connected to achieve that. So one of the projects that we have launched recently, uh, it's uh, one with a gold standard. This project has developed a consortium of certification standards, including the Roundtable for Sustainable Biomaterials, Fairtrade, uh, and FSC, together with gold standard. And we aim to be able to help companies, investors, potentially also governments, to account their carbon emissions from the forest level up to the supply chain, and therefore be able to deliver verified and credible claims at the end of the chain. So the other big challenge that we have in this project is to understand and develop methodologies and good practice on how we could escalate proper accounting methodologies, carbon accounting methodologies from the forest, forest management unit up to a landscape scale. And, and this is quite a challenge, but if we want to be more impactful in the future, uh, we need to talk about landscapes and we need to think on forests like landscapes that also have shared commodities, conservation and restoration areas, plus productive areas, buffer zones, protected areas, and so on. We expect to have some clear guidance at the end of this project on how how to develop carbon emission factors for different commodities that relates, of course, to the certification standards that are participating.
0: Could you tell us a bit more about what is the actual outcome of, of this project? I think you mentioned recommendations at one point. Um, is that what it is, or is it also... A- an actual tool? Or is it more a set of recommendations to be implemented into the different standards?
1: Exactly. The aim is to develop a standard methodology uh, Mm -hmm. that can be used by any of these participating standards to integrate uh, the added value of reportable carbon emission factors into the existing claims of these standards. So, This project looks for aligning methodologies, piloting those on the ground in different areas that are certified against these standards. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, have a common framework that can be used to link those, let's say, very technical, if you want to say, methods and guidance to something more meaningful that can go out in the marketplace in terms of added value to uh, corporate claims. So in that sense, I think it's important to say that the project looks for the highest alignment to current initiatives that are globally important, such as the Greenhouse Gas Protocol. And also consider how these methodologies that will be created through the project can contribute to support companies on reporting towards their science-based targets.
0: Okay, hold on a minute. You just threw something in there like everyone would know what that is. The Greenhouse Gas Protocol. What is that? Well,
1: the the Greenhouse Gas Protocol uh, currently, uh, it's a platform of, of organizations led by the World Resources Institute that has the main goal of supplying the corporate world with the most widely used greenhouse gas accounting standards. So that comes from at uh, different levels. There is a land sector level where, of course, forestry and, and forest management is located up to the, the whole supply chain until the end consumer. We calculate that now around nine out of 10 global uh, companies, the biggest companies in the world, are reporting their climate commitments using the Greenhouse Gas Protocol guidance and methodologies we are taking part of the land sector initiative as co-leads of this initiative Mm -hmm. and basically what we're trying to do together with scientists carbon experts other ngos such as the nature conservancy uh, and companies such as ikea sabi forest Mm tetrapak and others is Mm -hmm. to be able to explain how these companies can account for their carbon removals and storage in their greenhouse gas inventories. And of course, being carbon, the most relevant greenhouse gas, uh, and how you know these emissions and removals from land use can be connected to the supply chain. In this case, it's quite specific to forests, let's say, and agriculture, which are the two key activities connected to land use.
0: Okay, yeah, I see why we would want to coordinate with that. I mean, we wouldn't want to get in a situation where companies already using the greenhouse gas protocol would be asked to align to something else if they want to incorporate the gold standard as well. And I I assume that we really want them and expect them to want to align with the gold standard as it is a project coordinated under the ISIL umbrella and therefore of the highest possible standard that there is.
1: Exactly. And, and I think our approach in the climate program is to see what's happening in the world. I mean, what are the key initiatives uh, that are linked to climate objectives and see whether these initiatives align with our mission first, of course, as FSC, and how we can actually contribute and collaborate together instead of creating something from scratch.
0: hmm. Do you foresee that this will lead to changes in the normative uh, setting that we have? I mean, to extra requirements for certificate holders for forest owners around the globe? I believe
1: that we need to deliver new solutions to, to be able to face the challenges of climate change, certainly. I'm not sure whether these new solutions will imply or will necessarily be linked to more requirements in our system. Uh, I think that we need to understand how our current tools, our current methodologies, standards are actually contributing to some of this initiative through data. So data creation, it's absolutely critical for us to be able to report and be credible in that sense. Uh, so I believe that there are lots of initiatives out there uh, that share our goals, our strategic mission that can join forces together with us in order to avoid adding requirements to our certification, let's say, standards and processes, Mm -hmm. and be more creative on using, for example, technology, earth observation, and other types of methodologies that can contribute on verifying, for example, climate impacts uh, in a more efficient way
0: while remaining credible. Mm -hmm. So if you look two years ahead, what do you hope that we have solved? I would expect that we can
1: clearly communicate the positive impacts of good forest management through the Forest Stewardship Council Mm -hmm. at the forest level, but also at the supply chain level. I, I also dream that consumers in the world will be more informed about the products that they buy and how these products actually support to combat and fight against climate change. I think this is a huge need from society at the moment. I believe that in any country of the world and every region of the world, and if you ask a child or an adult, everybody will say that they're quite concerned about the impacts of climate change in their daily lives. And we see that uh, after the forest fires happening last year in Australia, in the Amazon, uh, but not only on that, but also on the social conflicts that ca- come out as well from climate change and from the hazards that people are suffering, like the absence of water sources, for example. Because I mean, climate change is not just about carbon, it's about maintaining life on Earth. Uh, and this is about conserving uh, our ecosystem services that basically gives us life.
0: hmm. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to make a verification method of how you as a company or as a consumer, I guess, in the end, are contributing to maintaining that life on earth. Am I right in concluding that or is that taking it a step too far?
1: No, I, I believe that as FSC, we need to demonstrate and we are used to demonstrate uh, what we create in the forest uh, through our certification standards and the very rigorous certification processes we have. So uh, whatever we produce needs to be, uh, I I believe, backed up uh, by a very robust and strong methodology that has been also tested on the ground. And also, I, I think that we are seeing different trends in society and trends in how, I mean, the companies and the governments are trying to verify their carbon commitments, and I believe we have a very important role to play there. Only in 2018, uh, the carbon credits issued by forest projects tripled the ones issued by renewable energy projects. And I think that was the start of this trend, where we see that forests are really becoming a nature-based solution to combat climate change. And this is being recognized also by market players. In that sense, uh, we are also partnering now uh, with one of the biggest, let's say, carbon certification standards in the world, which is Vera, uh, that has a huge impact in terms of carbon credit projects in Latin America and Asia in particular. So now with them, we are also joining forces and understanding how we can better together contribute to demonstrate those not only carbon, but also co benefits social and additional environmental benefits that FSE certification brings together with them. So this is another big initiative. Um, FSE is formally part of the Carbon Innovations Working Group of BERA, with key organizations also participating, including investment funds that want to be able to invest in forest projects that can deliver uh, positive climate impacts the World Resources Institute, uh, and big companies joining forces together with BERA and FSC on these.
0: Wow, these are all really, really interesting initiatives, and I can see how they will help make FSC even more relevant and impactful and and hopefully ultimately help us increase the certified area around the globe. What kind of uh, timelines are you looking at here with both the BERA initiative and the gold standard project? When do you expect to have something?
1: The gold standard project uh, is expected to finalize at the end of 2021. So uh, in the coming months until the end of 2020 and 2021, we will be quite a lot focused on uh, working on this project, but also looking for companies where we Mm -hmm. can pilot uh, these methodologies that will be created. Uh, And we expect also to start Discussing more formally the creation of a new restoration framework that is not necessarily a new restoration standard made or done by FSC, but also a collaboration efforts with other organizations that are working on restoration at the moment. Mm-hmm. So the timelines, I, I would say, are quite ambitious because we cannot be that late in the you know in the climate challenge. The climate challenge is basically behind us. So uh, we expect to deliver these results quite quickly.
0: Yeah, end of 2021, that's really fast. Um, So how many places are you looking to pilot? Well, at the moment, we are talking about value chains,
1: different value chains connected to uh, FSC procurement. Uh, I mean, the two obvious ones, and we have also already received some um, indications from companies wanting to support these pilots in the packaging sector uh, and also one connected to timber and potentially for example tropical timber and the impacts uh, on carbon emissions that can be created through a value chain, for example in a European market. Uh, But this is not defined yet. Uh, These are just discussions. The project is just about to start. So we will be having these conversations with different companies that have come to us with a huge interest on on being part of it.
0: Mm -hmm. I could understand why they would want to be part of such a hugely interesting project. There's actually something that I forgot to ask you in the beginning, Peter, so I'm just going to scroll back a bit. Can you explain to me why is it that these carbon claims are so difficult to make?
1: Yes, I mean, carbon claims need to be backed up by scientifically based and proved methodologies and accounting methodologies and carbon are quite diverse in the world there are different trends in the scientific world connected to the best methodologies for accounting on carbon there are different types of uh, accounting that can be done or uh, you know you can account stocks you can account fluxes So all these different ways of doing it makes it a complex exercise. And also I think the second complexity factor is that any methodology needs to actually become easy to use. So the balance between scientifically robust and proofed and easy to use or easy to understand for forest managers to be used, I think it's a, it's a challenge uh, where we try to align both. But I am, I am quite positive that, for example, the Greenhouse Gas Protocol is doing all the best to be able to respond to these complexities and to involve actual forest managers and companies that are dealing with this topic every day in order to deliver a methodology that can be that, that can be feasible and cost efficient and also technically easy to use.
0: Yeah, I guess the complexity also gets vastly increased when you add the entire supply chain, because, I mean, one thing is the forest level where you might not even currently know what the carbon gain is from it being certified, but then you add uh, all the other layers of transportation, manufacturing, etc., to calculate what's, what's the emission actually or the carbon stock actually in one single product? What is being done to overcome that complexity?
1: Yes, and and I think the complexity also relates uh, to the wide diversity of forests in the world. Uh, I mean, if you talk about the tropical forest where you can find 500 species in one hectare, Mm -hmm. uh, then you have to understand that each species has a, a different, uh, let's say, factor for sequestering carbon. There is a difference with uh, the plantations, for example, where you, you can find uh, more even aged, let's say, species and less species, where you can easier calculate and, and be able to predict the carbon stocks over the years through your management activities. So I think that's one of the complexities, the differences in terms of types of forests and the structure of forests. But the second complexity, as you mentioned, is about all the operations that relate to the harvesting and and production activities. But uh, the Greenhouse Gas Protocol has the second layer of that complexity. Also, they are trying to solve that complexity through the Removals Working Group, that's the name. So, FSC is part of the land use working group, but the removals working group is looking actually to connect the forest, I mean, the potential forest accounting claims to these emission factors that can happen in the supply chains and considering different processes such as distribution, manufacturing, transport, etc.
0: I'm just sitting here trying to imagine if I was a forest owner uh, in a tropical forest, just trying to do that carbon calculation from my forest would be a nightmare. Um, How does all of the new tools that we're looking into, like GIS monitoring, GIS verification, are we trying to put that into play here to make carbon calculations easier?
1: Yes, I mean, the the positive, thing that uh, in tropical forests is that in FSC certification, we require forest inventories, uh, at least from the, from the operational areas, from the harvesting areas. So the the recent indication, uh, quite clear indication on the volumes and species existing in FSC certified forests, which is a very, very big step forward. Uh, But secondly, as you say, Uh, GIS methodologies and satellite images can support the calculation of carbon stocks. There are methodologies out there that are trying to look for that, uh, let's say, responses and also testing in different types of forests how this can be done. The challenge here is the need of these images, right? I mean, there are countries in the world that have a much better repository of these images than others. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the possibilities, and, and this is something that governments actually are working on through their climate commitments, is to be able to use baselines that are created at jurisdictional levels or landscape levels on carbon. So mm-hmm. governments, in particular also in producing countries, I mean and high forest uh, important countries are working on these carbon inventories at regional levels. Uh, so I think it will be a matter of connecting what the, the data we provide at the forest management unit with the data that can be provided, for example, at the landscape level through, the, through national carbon inventories and see how these actually reflect the reality and how we could potentially use these baselines and how we could contribute to uh, verifying those baselines also through GIS technologies. But as I said, the main potential, the, the main challenge here, uh, is a different level of development in this matter uh, in different regions and countries.
0: Fantastic, Pina. I'm just going to ask you one last question: What makes you excited?
1: Innovation and being creative <laughs> on delivering all—I mean, all, all these new areas of work uh, that have not—and and what also excites me is how we are engaging with people that have not been engaged in FSC traditionally, that do not have anything even to do with forest products, but really care about forests. To me it's about, I mean, FSC is about forests, it's not about harvesting only or delivering a product in the market, it's about how we preserve uh, the forest for the future generations. So so i think we are engaging with more people more actors and sectors that are very very interested in supporting us on that and that makes me very exciting excited and and yes becoming i mean more connected to the world in terms of uh, the way that we can influence consumers to be able to choose the products that come from sustainable sources so i mean that makes me really excited
0: thank you very much pina that was a perfect ending to a very interesting talk. I look so much forward to following your work. Thank you. That's it. I hope you are now as positive as I am about our ability to overcome this enormous climate challenge that we're facing through standards and protocols and hands-on tools. If you want to get in touch with us or follow our work, I strongly encourage you to join our LinkedIn group it's called FSC Digital Innovations and it's open for everyone. You can also always get in touch with me at digitalinput at I'm Laura Worm and this was Forest for the Future.